0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Work Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Amen. Well, as that always says, doesn't this be being in the best hospital in all of Southern California? Is this better than the best jail in all of Southern California? Come on. You're in church on a Sunday morning, man. You've got it going on. You've got it together, man. So uh, we're going to have a great time today. After the service, we have uh, some baptisms we're going to be doing. Uh, we got uh got some people to baptize. So I really want you to stick around for that uh, because we're going to rejoice, man, that, that some people that they are giving. They've already given their lives to Jesus and they're making a public declaration of faith today and saying, I'm not embarrassed about this. I'm excited about this. Amen. And so the title of today's message is this guard your heart. Guard your heart. And there's a lot of good things that you should guard, right? I mean, come on. I don't want somebody to stab me in the arm. I don't want somebody to take my leg away, but I definitely don't want somebody to get to my heart. And think about this, man. It's so important that you realize, physically speaking, your heart needs to be guarded. Of course, you know, if I'm going to battle, I don't want any injuries, but I really don't want you to get to my heart. But when we're talking about spiritually here You got to realize that most of the time when the Bible's using the phrase heart, it's not talking about the organ in your chest. All right. It's referring to the human spirit. And it says you have got to guard your heart. Well, let's put it up there. Proverbs 423. I'm going to get ahead of myself. Proverbs 423. Turn over there real quick. Who is expecting for the Lord to speak to them today? Now, if you need an outline for the message, you didn't get one when you came in, raise your hand. The ushers will give you an outline to follow along with. Take some notes on. Because we know that the Lord's going to speak to you today. But Proverbs 4.23 tells us this in the New Living Translation. Guard your heart above all else. For it determines the course of your life. you got to guard your heart above everything else. For it determines the course of your life. So whatever the state of your heart is. And we're talking about your spirit here. That's the direction, that's the course that your life's gonna take. And sometimes it seems like you got someone you care about that's just doing really dumb things, making bad choices, and you're like, what's wrong with them? It's a hard issue. They've got something wrong with their spirit on the inside and it's determining the course of their life. And so they're doing crazy stuff, man, because their heart is determining the course of their life and they have got a heart issue. I want to show you uh, the the New Living Translation 2000, 2007 right here. It says above all else, guard your heart for it affects everything you do. Isn't that the truth? Your heart affects everything. Thing that you do. I mean, think about it physically and spiritually. Physically, your heart, I mean, it's gotta pump blood all over your body, right? If you've got a blockage, if you've got something wrong in there, it affects everything you do. You can't even walk straight. Sometimes you couldn't even sit up. Sometimes you would pass out. Sometimes you'd have all sorts of crazy things happen and you're like, why is my hand doing that? Why do I feel dizzy? And all that's just symptoms. That, that's not, that's just fruit of a root problem inside of your heart because your heart affects everything you do. And so again, sometimes, man, somebody's doing stupid stuff. They're going crazy on you. And you're like, you're, you're just, you're looking at the fruit of what's going on from the root inside of their heart. Their heart affects everything that they do. And your heart, it affects everything you do. And that's something that we have got to get a hold of today. And so before we get into the message here, I got to say, man, this is, I'm not normally like this. This is going to be a little bit of a shotgun message here, okay? Usually I've got like one thing I'm hitting. The Lord kind of put me in three different directions on this this morning and it's going to come together into one bullet. OK, and it's going to hit a bullseye by the end. So don't think that I'm crazy and I can't keep on topic and that I've got ADD, which I, I suspect that I might have. But at the same time, this isn't a symptom of that. Uh, this is just uh, because the Lord's speaking to us this way today. Amen. So let's pray and then buckle up your seatbelts and listen to what God's going to say. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that we have a church, Lord, that we can come in as a family and worship you together. Lord, we're so thankful for that. We're grateful. and We don't take that for granted. Lord, we think we've got Bibles sitting on our laps, Lord. And there's some people that have never even had one in all their lives, God. They would love to be sitting in an air-conditioned church with a, a Bible that they owned right in front of them, God. Help us to not be ungrateful little brats, Lord, and, and, and take that for granted. God, we thank you for what we have. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. That as we open these up today, you're going to speak to our hearts, Lord, and show us what we need to see. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, we'll receive your truth. In Jesus' name, everybody said. So three different topics we're going to talk about guarding your heart from today. And the first one is this. Number one, you need to guard your heart from sin. Like, oh boy, here we go. Yep, it's coming. Look out. I'm saying guard your heart from from sin. And I want to show you what King David said about this in Psalm 119. So let's look at Psalm 119 and verse 11, Psalm 119 and verse 11. Thank you for your holy silence. Who's excited to be at church today? I don't care if it's 200 degrees outside. You're going to be excited to be in the house of God. Amen. Psalm 119 and verse 11 and we're looking at, I mean, Psalm 119 is a beautiful chapter, too. It, it's all about how much David loves God's word. And he refers to it as God's law, as, as his decrees, as his commandments, all sorts of different things. But what he's talking about is God's word. And Psalm 119, verse 11, David said something very key here that I believe you need to get a hold of right here. Psalm 119, verse 11, and it says this. I have hidden your word in my heart. That I might not sin against you. Now, what's he saying here? Did he physically somehow type out Bible verses and somehow surgically insert them into the blood pump? No, he didn't hide the word in his heart that way. He saturated his spirit with the word of God. And I'm telling you this, man. You've got to get a hold of you've got to do that. You've got to get the word of God such a part of you that you've hidden it in your heart, man. It's there. And sometimes have you ever been in a spot? I've been in in this situation where you're getting ready to do something. That's probably not the right thing for you to do. Right. A.K.A. Sin. And so you're getting ready to you're tempted and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, a Bible verse comes back to your memory. Something that maybe you haven't even, you, you know, you, you weren't even thinking about that right now. What is that? That's because that word was hidden in your heart. And if you're smart, you'll stop doing that right now that you may not sin against him. But sometimes, yes, we, yeah, hey, you got the, you got the choice. It's up to you. You can override that and, and sure, and, and and do your own thing. But I don't advise that because that's not guarding your heart and your heart affects everything that you do. It determines the course of your life. So what's the best way to stay out of a, a lifestyle of sin? Is it to have incredible self-control? I mean, that's good. I mean, it's, it's good to be a person of self-control. Is it, I mean, is it to just stay away from situations? What is the best way to stay out of a lifestyle of sin? Well, I think the best way is to hide the word in your heart. That's I mean, hey, you're going to have self-control if you've got that, because that's one of the fruit of the spirit. Right. Galatians five. You're going to have self-control. You're going to have a lot of other key components to overcoming sin. But I'm telling you right now, you will not overcome sin without the word of God. It's not going to happen. You're going to put in a great effort. You may give it your all, but eventually you're going to fold. Listen to me. Psalm 119 Verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So we're talking about our hearts here. Now, now check it out. Imagine that somebody gave you a little treasure chest and they're like, these are the rarest diamonds in the entire world. And I'm going to give them to you. Guard them with Due diligence, guard them with everything that you let nothing happen to these. There's nothing else like this in the world. This is the only set of these diamonds that exists in the world. Guard it, man. Don't lose it. Don't let anything happen to it. I mean, I don't know about you. I, I, I would guard that chest, man. I wouldn't let people come and poke and prod at it. I wouldn't let people with bad motives and intentions. I wouldn't let crusty characters. I wouldn't let people come and mess with this treasure, And the truth of the matter is this, is that's exactly what you've got right now. There's only one heart that you've got, right? There's no one. You've got one spirit. okay? the Lord entrusted this to you. This is yours. And how come it is we would guard something with monetary value a lot more than we would guard the very spirit that God Almighty gave us? Well, that's worth a billion dollars. What's your heart worth, man? You think you, you would rather guard something that was worth a billion dollars greater than you would guard your heart. And I know some people, man, they'll put security systems in their house. They'll 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 lock their stuff in a vault at the bank. They'll do everything. they're paranoid about their physical safety then they just toss their heart out there to anybody. Oh, yeah, we can watch this stuff. I mean, it only says this word six times, only shows this scene a few times. And, you know, and then you wonder why you have lustful thoughts at night. Then you wonder why, when in a bad situation, a scripture doesn't come out, but curse words come to your mind. You didn't guard your heart. You guarded your house, man. You had ADT. You've got the police on speed dial. But you just throw your heart out there like it's nothing. You let anybody say anything in your presence. You let anybody do anything they want to do. You just throw it out there and don't even care. Guard your heart above all else. Guard it better than your house, your money. Your car, your possessions, guard it above everything else because it affects everything that you do. It determines the course of your life. And there's a lot of stuff that I love and a lot of stuff that I guard, but it doesn't determine the course of my life. My, my home doesn't determine the course of my life. I could live anywhere. But listen to me. If I let the devil get a hold of my heart, if I let Satan get control of my spirit, I can't live anywhere, man. I'm going to hell. You're like, well, oh no, don't go there. We're going there, folks. We're going there. So get ready. (laughs) Galatians chapter five. Galatians five. Are you still glad you came to church today? It'll get better. I'll get to the nice stuff eventually. Galatians five, verse 19. And I can tell you this, man, we don't just get up here and make stuff up that we think sounds good because, you know, it's time to preach on that again. I'm telling you, man, the Lord tells us what to speak from his holy pulpit. It has nothing to do with me because, I mean, you know me. I'm not the brightest guy in the world, but I can't listen to God. OK, there's a lot of stuff I can't do. I can't fix the car. I can't. There's a lot of stuff, I, but I can hear the voice of God. I'm telling you, the Lord's speaking to you this morning. Galatians 5. Verse 19, we're all familiar with the beautiful fruit of the spirit in verses 22 and 23. It's beautiful. We love it. And, and 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 it's great. But verses 19 through 21 discuss the fruit of the flesh. And it's not so pretty and it's not so encouraging. But nonetheless, it's the truth. And so Galatians 519, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry. Sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy. Can I hear it for outbursts of anger? Come on. Uh, where were we? Selfish ambition. Ooh, dissension. We love that division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Come on. I think I will, Jesse. I'm going to for a minute this morning. But, but let me tell you this. It says right there that anybody living that sort of life. Now, we have I mean, probably all of us have done something stupid on that list, okay? Probably all of us have done at least something. But it's not talking about, hey, you did that once. It says anybody that is living that sort of life. If you are living that sort of life, that got control of your heart and it's affecting everything you do. And now you're doing things you shouldn't be doing because your heart is affected, And so it says right there, it doesn't say anybody that's ever committed any of these sins at least once will not inherit the kingdom of God. It says anybody living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, what in the world does that mean? Do you want to do you want to inherit the kingdom of God? I I don't I can't speak for you. I do. I do because I don't like the alternative, man. I don't like the, the alternative, which is hell. I like the I, I like the kingdom of God. I want to go to heaven when this is all over. I don't want to. I wouldn't risk heaven for anything in this world, man. You could lay a billion dollars on the table right now and I'd say, take it. I'm not going to risk heaven for money. I'm not going to risk heaven for pleasure. I'm not going to risk heaven for you. I'm not risking heaven for anything in this world. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Why are you guarding your car? You you put an alarm on your car, but you won't guard your heart? Come on. You better get this this morning, man. This determines, this will change your life if you'll guard your heart. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. The good the fun stuff's coming, I swear. It is coming in a few minutes. But we're going in the order of what the Lord spoke to me. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verses 9 and 10. And so, listen to me. So many times we see people, and, and even in you, you're like, where did my life go wrong? Where, where did, what happened here? Why, why did this happen? Why did that happen? God, how dare you? You blame God? No! What happened was we didn't guard our heart and it affected everything we did. We started making really poor choices. We treated our family bad. We were mean to our wife and kids, all this stuff. And everyone, well, it's just because this happened to him and it's just because of that. And that stuff may have happened, but the real problem is he didn't guard his heart. She didn't guard her heart and it affected everything that, that they did. So, but we're talking about, first of all, right now, guarding our hearts from sin because there's nothing worse than seeing, man, somebody that their heart has been overtaken by sin. And now they think everybody else is bad. They think everybody else is mean. Everybody else is judging them and, and all this stuff. And that's what, what that is sad, man. You've got a child of God with heart disease. You've got a child of God with a messed up heart. I don't want to see that. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 10. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Again, we're talking about somebody that didn't just... Because we all sin, we all mess up. But there's a difference between doing that and choosing to continue in that and making that your your life now. Okay? Big difference. So, Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves because some people, they fool themselves and say, Oh, I'll be all right. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols... Commit adultery, male prostitutes, practice homosexuality, or are thieves or greedy people, drunkards or abusive or cheap people. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, is it fun reading that? No, it's not fun reading that. But guess what? The truth will set you free and you don't get to pick what's true. God picked what's true. And in 2018, they tell you, well, you pick what's true for you. So you got people. I mean, I saw this one dude white guy claims that he's a Filipino female. You're a dude. You've never been to the Philippines. You can't. You just like their food. And it came. To, and, and, and and everyone's like, no, it's OK. You're a Filipino female. You choose what's right for you. And I'm like, no, you're not. Am, am I mean? Am I a bigot? Am I a no, let's not lie to people that are messed up and make them more messed up. Listen to me. That's stupid. And that's crazy. And someone's going to die and go to hell because we told them that's right. You're you're that when you're not, you're not that that's a lie. Satan done got a hold of your heart and now you're messed up and you're going to hell. Does that mean? I mean, maybe it is, maybe it's not, but I, but, but, but here's the thing. You don't get to choose what's true because, Hey, I identify as a billionaire astronaut. No, I've never been to space, never even been in a, a, a spaceship at, uh, Never really seen a billion dollars, but that's what I identify as. So, therefore, you will affirm who I say that I am and you will tell me that's what I am. And if you don't, then you're a hater. Does that make any sense? Doesn't make any sense. That's stupid. But that's where we're at right now. And so there's a list right here that I hate to read, but it says if that's your life, you're not going to heaven. Is that mean to say that? Well, if you've got beef, don't take it up with me. Take it up with God. But I I, listen. I love people, and I don't want to see anybody go to hell. Now, is this something that I preach on every Sunday? No, I haven't preached on it in years. But listen to me. It's the absolute truth. Look at this whole list. Thieves, greedy people, drunkards. We're not saying you went out and got drunk once. We're saying you make that your lifestyle. Not being mean. You're not going to go to heaven like that. Greedy. You steal from people all the time. You didn't just steal a candy bar once. That's your lifestyle. You steal. You are a thief. You're not going to heaven. Is that mean that it's the truth? Jesus said in John eight thirty two that you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And so if hearing the truth hurts your feelings, hashtag sorry, not sorry. But I can honestly say that I, I don't care right now because I'd rather hurt your feelings and see you burn in hell. I woke up at three o'clock this morning. I woke up at three o'clock this morning with my neighbors banging my door down. And I'm like, what is going on? Because I don't know about you. That doesn't happen every day to me. So they're banging the door down and I'm like, what's going on? The house, one of the houses behind me, it was up in flames, man, just burning to the ground. And the power line behind my house caught on fire. There's sparks going everywhere. And they're like, and the whole neighborhood's out there. Get get the kids out of your house. They thought my house was next. And so, you know, we get the kids out, the whole, our whole house is filled with smoke and all this stuff. There's fire department ambulances and all this stuff. And I'm, and I'm just standing there watching these flames as this house is going. I mean, it's sad. It's awful. And I believe it was a vacant house. So thank God for that. But I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the heat, man. And, and I'm smelling it and I, and I, and the sound of flames that big when you're that close, it's a pretty scary ordeal. And so I'm sitting there, you know, like, Oh my gosh, what is going on? This is, this is awful. But the fire department came and they put it out within about a half hour. And, and it, you know, thank God nobody was hurt. As bad as those flames were, they could be put out in about a half an hour. The flames of hell, they can't be put out in a half hour. They don't ever get put out. One hundred years from now, somebody that's sitting in hell today will still be in that same spot. A thousand years from now, a million years from now, somebody that died and went to hell when Abraham Lincoln was president is still sitting there and they haven't got out and they're not going to get out and nobody is going to come and put those flames out. So I take, it, I take it serious, man. I truly believe in hell. I believe it's a real place. I don't think it's something that we made up to scare people into being good, boys and girls. It's a real place. And if I see somebody headed there, And I don't do it. What if I heard somebody screaming in that house for help? And I was like, wow, that's bad. (laughs) Whoa. But I didn't go and do anything to help them. I'd say, lock me up and throw away the key. I'm a loser. I'm a bum. I'm no good. But here we are and we see people headed to something a whole lot worse than a house fire. And we don't say anything at all. We don't do anything at all. So let's look over here uh, at uh, chapter five, because it's a lot more fun. Chapter five. But one thing you've got to realize is, you don't. you know, look, there's this old saying you hang around a slippery uh, river bank, a creek bank, you eventually slip in. I grew up out in the woods as a little redneck. OK, we had creeks and streams and rivers all over the place. And I've fallen into many a body of water. Because I was hanging around too, you know, close to the creek bed there or whatever. And you get close enough, you just slip in and, and you become one. And it's the same way with the things of God. You hang around a bunch of godly people all the time. You eventually slip in and, and, hey, you know, you're one of the crowd, man. You love the Lord. You can't wait to get in here and worship God, hear the word of God. But on the other hand, you hang around the wrong crowd all the time. Okay. You're going to slip in eventually and you're going to become one of them. And they're going to think everybody else has the problem. I heard this story about this guy, uh, he, he called his wife, actually his wife was watching the news, okay? And, and, and they had a helicopter over the freeway, cause there was somebody driving up the freeway in the wrong direction. It was him versus thousands of cars, dodging them everywhere, and the helicopters are, and, and this lady says, oh my gosh, that's the road my husband drives. And she calls him and says, honey, look out. There's some there's some maniac out there driving the wrong way on the freeway. And he says, it's not just one. There's thousands of them. <laughs> so listen to me. He thought it was everybody else. It was him. He was the maniac. And so sometimes everybody else has got all these problems and you're driving the wrong way down the freeway, man. We're trying to get your attention, but you think we're being mean. We're not mean. We love you. So we all want to be loving and kind and be best friends with everybody. And we love to sing Kumbaya and and drink green tea lattes and look at rainbows. We love it. But the fact of the matter is, is that we can't let somebody living a lifestyle of sin because sin took a hold of their heart. Go to hell. If you do, you're a very mean person. First Corinthians five verses nine through eleven. Paul said, when I wrote to you before, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin. And I, I'm not gonna go into it, but people say all sins are equal. No, not all sins are equal. Some are worse than others. You can't tell me a kid stealing, stealing a lollipop is as bad as somebody committing murder. Murder's worse. Come on. It's the truth. Not all sins are equal. It says some, some leads to death. Not all sins are equal, and I, that's a whole teaching I get into, but one thing that the Lord takes exceptionally serious is sexual sin. He takes that a lot more serious than uh, You know, and if you want to discuss that, I'll gladly discuss that with you later. Uh, But anyway, he says, I told you not to even not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin. But I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin or are greedy or cheap people or worship idols. You don't have to leave this world to avoid people like that. I mean, come on. I expect sinners to do that. If I go out there on the streets, I expect greedy, cheating people, sexually sinning people. You know, you're not going to get away from that, but I don't expect to see somebody that claims to be a born again child of God living that way. And Paul said, you know, Paul says that's not acceptable. Verse 11, I meant that you are not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer, yet indulges in sexual sin or is greedy or worships idols or is abusive you go around abusing people, beating your wife, beating your husband, and claiming you're going to heaven? No, you're not. I'm not saying you did it one time. I'm saying you are an abusive person. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. Or a drunkard or cheats people. Come on. I know people that claim to be Christians. They go around cheating people. Steal from you. They'll, they'll, all, all sorts of stuff. And then think that they're going to heaven. I don't make the rules. I just read them. Don't even eat with such people. So what I'm saying is this is Paul saying that you got to hate. No, he's saying you better guard your heart, man. You're going to end up like them. He's saying you, you can't avoid ungodly. People that are like that. People that, you know, you can't avoid unsaved people that do all these things. But I'm telling you, if there's somebody that claims to be a believer and they're living like that. Don't even eat with them. Whoa. And the rest of chapter 5 says that it is your responsibility to judge such a person. But um, I'm not going to go into all that right now. Actually, it's verse 13. You can write that down for your own reference. So, we're talking about guarding your heart. My heart is far too precious. My spirit, the spirit of my children. Parents, you need to help guard your children's hearts. You don't need to just let anybody hang out around your children. People that use language, people that say nasty things and do nasty things in front of your kids. That's not guarding their heart. That's bad. Guard their heart because it affects everything that they do, even if they're a kid. And so I'm going to say this before we move on to the fun stuff. The more time you spend with God, the less likely you are to give into the flesh. Galatians 516 says that if we would walk in the spirit we would not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So you're like, well, how, how, do, how, how, do, I, how do I avoid this? How do I do this? walk in the spirit? How do you walk in the spirit? You spend time with God. You give God more than two seconds a day. You give God more than five minutes. You actually spend time with him and let him have control in your life. And if you walk in the spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Can I get an amen? Obeying the Bible and trying to live a holy life isn't bondage and Old Covenant. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. The New Testament has far more to say about it under the New Covenant. So anyway, praise God. Guard your heart from sin, shall we? Number two, guard your heart from fear. Guard your heart from fear. It's one thing to be startled yet again, but it's another thing where fear has control of your heart. And I know people that fear got control of their hearts. they got a spirit of fear, man. They're afraid of everything. Well, this could happen. And what if this happens over here? And, and, and if this happens, then that might happen. And that guy over there, he did this and she did that. And she said, oh, and they're, they're a nervous wreck. Is that how a child of God should be living? Tortured by fear? No. That's not how a child of God should be living. And so Proverbs twelve twenty five, let's throw that up there. Proverbs twelve twenty five, turn there real quick. Proverbs twelve twenty-five. But you better guard your heart from fear, because fear will take you to places you don't want to go to, and it'll make you make decisions that you don't want to make. Proverbs twelve twenty five. Who's having a good time? I know I am. The look on your faces is priceless. Proverbs twelve twenty five: Worry weighs a person down. An encouraging word cheers a person up. And so worry, and I've seen this, man. I've seen people that are so weighed down with worry, they can't even lift their head and look you in the eyes. Fear, worry, discouragement, anxiety. And I mean they didn't just get a little bit scared, they're not just a little upset. Fear and worry, they didn't guard their heart from it. And it got control of their heart, and worry is heaviness. It weighs a person down. You ever heard us say things like, Oh they man, they've got a spirit of heaviness or something? Yeah, they do. They're weighed down by worry and by fear. And they can't even look you in the eyes anymore because they've got such a lack of confidence. They are so full of fear and stress because they didn't guard their heart from it. And it says right here that when somebody gets to that place, worry is going to weigh a person down. So again, guard your heart above all else. It affects everything you do. It determines the course of your life. I believe the King James says for out of it flow, the issues of life. It controls everything. Guard your heart. I mean, do you know anybody that they're afraid to go certain places because they might see somebody they don't like? They might come across somebody they're afraid of? That's pathetic. That's awful. You should be able to go anywhere godly that you want to go do anything godly that you want to do. Make any decision or choice godly that you want to be able to make without being afraid of somebody. But some people fear tells them where to go, when they're going to sleep, when they're not going to sleep, where they're going to work, where they're going to quit, where they're going to do everything. None of their decisions are based out of faith. Well, by faith, I believe I could have that job by faith. I believe I... No. I don't, I'm afraid I could never have that. What? Think about, I mean, come on, some of you, there's gotta be some of you in the room right now, that your heart is controlled by fear. Think about the things that fear has held you back from doing in your life. Think about, man, maybe the job you could have had, maybe the, the, the places you could have been, maybe the things you could have done, but fear, it kept you from doing it. Think about that for a minute. That's a pretty, that's a pretty sobering thought. That there are things and blessings that God has had for you, but you haven't seen them. And you're sitting here. Well, God, your word says that you wish above all things I would prosper and be in health. Third, John, two. Why is that not happening? Because God's given you multiple opportunities for prosperity and healing and health. But you've been too afraid to take any of them. God's given you multiple opportunities to get somewhere else in life. But you've been too afraid to take any of them because faith doesn't call the shots in your life. It tells you when you're going to sleep. It tells you you're not sleeping at night. No, you're going to stay here and think about these problems all night long. And you sit there and submit and say, yes, you're right. I, I got a uh, uh, yes. Yes, sir. Yeah. And you submit to fear. What's up with that? Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. I want to look at first Peter chapter five. Stick with me, please. First Peter chapter five. And I've noticed that when it comes to the things of God, the God often will trade things with you. He'll say, OK, you give me this and then I'll give you this. And I've noticed that it, I always get the better end of the deal on these traits. God's like, you know, you, you come and you, and you lay your sins down here and I'll give you salvation. You come and you lay this down and I'll give you this. Trade your sorrows for joy. And I'm like, OK, so I give you my sorrows and you give me joy. That's a pretty good deal. Uh, You know, that's a pretty good trade. I remember I used to uh, collect baseball and basketball cards. I've shared this story. But uh, the 1992 Olympic Dream Team, uh, there was this three cards that came out together. Uh, I think the Topps company made it three. And it was the entire Dream Team, Michael Jordan, Carl Malone, John Stockton, uh, Larry Bird, all these guys. And a lot of people could get one, maybe two of the cards. But I didn't know anybody that had all three until I came across a guy one day that did. And this guy wasn't known for being the the, 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 the sharpest knife in the drawer. He's kind of not. uh Anyway, so I had this one card that he really wanted. And I'm like, you want this card? He's like, yeah, you give me that. I'll give you all three of these. I'm like, deal. Done. Take it. You want anything else? Because the three cards he gave me were worth ten times more than the one card I gave him. Now, do I feel bad? No, I don't. He shouldn't have done that. But at the same time, at the same time, you'd be a fool not to take that trade, man. You'd be a fool to sit there if somebody says, listen, I'll trade you a hundred dollar bill for a one dollar bill. That's a no brainer. I'll do that a hundred times. I'll, I'll do that all day long. Yeah, take it, man. And that's, in essence, what God does to us so many times. Give me your sorrows. I'll give you joy. Cast all your cares upon me. I'll give you peace. Give it to me, man. And, and so many times, like, no, 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 no. I, I, I don't know, man. I, and you hold on to this mess in your life, and God's saying, I'll take it, and I'll give you something better. It's a better trade. Why would you not make that trade That's crazy. But listen to me. God wants to make a trade with you. He wants to take some of your mess and give you some of his blessing. First, Peter five, seven says, give all your worries and cares to God. Why? For he cares about you. Does it say ask God to take all your worries and cares from you? Beseech him. And then if it be his will, whithersoever thou mayest. Mightest, couldest, wouldest, shouldest. No. It says, give all your worries and cares. King James says, cast all your cares. Give it to him. You don't even have to say, dear God, please take this from me. Take my fear. Take he said, give it to me. I'll, yeah, I'll take it. But you've got to give it to me. And we're saying, oh, God, take it. Oh, God, take it. Oh, God, take it. He's like, hello, give it to me. I care about you. Give me your worries and cares. And so there has to be a place in your life because everything we do as a Christian is a step of faith where you're going to have to, by faith, say, Lord, I am by faith. I I'm giving it to you. It's yours. I know it's hard because I can see the problem right now and I can't see you physically, but I'm still by faith in the name of Jesus. Here it is, Lord. Do something and watch how God will trade you peace for anxiety. Joy for sorrow, healing for sickness, salvation for when you were lost. That's pretty good, man. Hey, I, I love God. I love my heavenly Father. Second Timothy one seven. You know this? Second Tim. Well, you probably know this. Maybe. Do you know this? No. Okay. Let's turn there. Second Timothy one seven. Second Timothy one seven. Yeah. Who is excited for the things of God? Who's going to guard their heart? Do it. Second, Timothy one, seven. For God has not given you a spirit of. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. So. First Peter five, seven, God says, give me your worries, give me your cares, give me your fears, your anxieties. And then second Timothy one, seven says God has given you. So I gave God worries and cares and God has given me a spirit of power, love and a sound mind. That's a lot of giving going on right there. Power, love and a sound mind. If you're crazy in here today, good news for you. Where's my crazy people? No, don't raise your hand. No, 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 no. You don't have to raise your hand. We know who you are already. OK, <laughs> I'm kidding. But uh, but seriously, he's given us a sound mind. That's good news, man. I don't like to have a not sound mind. I don't like to have a spirit of worry and care and anxiety and stress. But if you got that, if you got a spirit of fear, it wasn't God. God has not given you a spirit of fear that was not from him, but he has given you a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. That is a really good deal because fear. It'll make you lose your mind eventually. Fear will won't have a sound mind if you've got a heart full of fear. No doubt about that. But thank God he said, you just give me that fear, man, and I'm going to give you Power, love, and a sound mind. Guard your heart above all else. Don't let fear get a hold of your heart. It'll absolutely ruin your life. And the third thing we're going to say today is this. Number three, guard your heart from bitterness. Bitterness, a a bitter heart is a tough thing to overcome because we all have opportunities To be bitter, to be upset, to have things, man, maybe you've been wrong. No doubt about it. Somebody definitely did you wrong and you didn't deserve it. But listen, I can't let bitterness control my heart because that's just going to make it a thousand times worse. You've already been hurt once. Why let bitterness ruin it for the rest of your life? Guard your heart from bitterness because bitterness will force you to make choices and decisions Based out of your bitterness. Like, I don't trust any of them. They're um, uh, they're all like that. You got bitterness in your heart. Every man in the world's like that because this one was mean to me. So they're all like that. Every every woman ever is is this. You're saying that because you're bitter. That's not the truth. You're bitter and so you're saying stupid stuff because bitterness got control of your heart. Bitterness. I'm, hey, I'm not going to church anymore. It's full of hypocrites. So. Somebody at a church did something bad. Now you won't go because you let bitterness get control of your heart. I've met a lot of crazy people at the grocery store, but I still go because they got something I need. They got food. I need it. I got to have it. And listen, I've met a lot of crazy people at church over the years. Hey, I'm a pastor's kid. I've been in this for 33 years. I've met some Jim Dandies over the years. But listen to me. I still go to church because there's something here I need. The presence of God Almighty, the fellowship of my brothers and sisters, I got to be here whether there's a few crazies or not. And there's not. We're full of nothing but awesome people here. But I'm just saying, listen, I'm not going to let a bitter heart stop me from missing out on great things in life because bitterness says, oh, no, they're all like that. No, they are not all like that. Stop saying stupid stuff like that. And so when we have bitterness or unforgiveness in our hearts, listen, Listen, I'm getting ready to throw a heavy revie out there. You got to get this heavy revelation. When you have bitterness controlling your heart, it's pretty much next to impossible to get your prayers answered. Like, Well, well, why would you say such a thing? Well, mark it down. Galatians 5, 6 tells us that faith works by love. Faith works by love. Well, I, I know this much that bitterness and love are not synonyms. You don't see those together in the thesaurus. They're not together because they're not the same thing. Bitterness. Listen, I can't control what everybody's done to me, but I can control if I'm going to let them control my heart. They will not control my heart. God will control my heart because I'm going to guard it above all else. And just because you did something mean, just because you did something bad to me, you are not going to get control of my heart. Now, you thats off limits. I'll guard it with everything I've got because it affects everything I do. You're not going to get control of my heart. And so if my faith works by love and my prayers, they get answered by the power of God. We know that. But faith activates the power of God. My prayers get answered by my faith. Then absolutely, man, I'm not going to sit here living a life of bitterness and just see God working miracle after miracle in my life. We've got to deal with it. And sometimes it's hard to deal with it, but we have to. You've got to guard your heart. And so I want to look at one final verse today. That's 1 Peter 3 7. Now, this is kind of a strange verse because it's specifically written to husbands, but I believe we can apply the truth from it to everybody. So, but especially husbands, you should listen to this, but let's just have everybody listen, okay? 1 Peter 3 7. Because I, I don't think the ladies are exempt from this one either. But it is mainly to husbands. 1 Peter 3 7. <laughs> How many good godly husbands do we have in the house today? Ladies, cheer for them if they're in here. (laughs) How many godly wives are in the house? Yeah, right there. I got a godly wife. So do all you men. You got a godly wife. Uh, Marriage is an awesome thing. We love it. First Peter three, seven, it says in the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives You mean I can't make fun of her with the guys? That's not honoring. (laughs) But ladies, you should honor your husbands too. Anyway, the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are. This is physically speaking. But she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. So you mean... I treat people wrong, and it hinders my prayers. Oh yeah. I don't honor my wife, and I treat her bad. It's gonna hinder my prayers. Oh yeah. It's gonna hinder your prayers, man. It's gonna cause bad things to happen in your life. And so sometimes like, well, no this guy gets prayers answered all the time. This guy has. Why it never happens for me? God, mother. listen. It's not the problem. Isn't on God's end. I've noticed that when there's something going wrong in my life. When it seems like something isn't getting answered, when I'm not getting the breakthrough I wanted, it has never one time in my life been on God's end. It's always been on my end. Now, maybe, you know, you speak for you, but I I know it's always been on your end, too. But anyway, uh, in my life, every single time the issue has been on my end. It wasn't ever because God didn't want me blessed. God wanted me to live a life of misery. God wanted me to, to No, it's always been because I usually did something really stupid. And, uh, and and, you know, didn't guard my heart like I should have. And then something dumb happened. But listen to me. You need to watch how you treat other people. You need to guard your heart from bitterness because it affects everything you do. And you need to treat other people, especially husbands to wives. But this goes for everybody as you should. So your prayers will not be hindered. Amen. And so what I'm trying to say today is this. Don't guard your house and your car better than you do your heart. Don't put more stock into how well your money's guarded. Listen, all that stuff's going to burn up someday anyway. It's not going to last forever. But the human spirit will last forever in one of two places. It'll either go to heaven or go to hell, but it won't cease to exist. The human spirit will still be here. And so Paul said in Colossians, why focus all your time on things that are temporary? When, well, you don't ever think about things that are eternal. Well, that's the thing for you today. You need to fix your thoughts. You need to fix your mind on things that are eternal. Heaven's eternal. Hell's eternal. And your heart is eternal. You need to start putting a little more effort into guarding it from other things. Amen? Let's go ahead and stand up together today. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.